Welcome back, everybody, to another fun episode of the Rolex Whiskey Passion Project. And, you know, I got a very interesting guest on here today. A gentleman that enjoys whiskey, but was kind of more fascinated with the whiskey business side of whiskey. I don't, you know, you might have seen him around. I'd like to introduce my dear friend, Daniel Pride. Daniel, welcome to the show. How are you, sir? Thank you so much, Gavin. Pleasure to be here, man. Thanks for having me. You want to tell you want to tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Nothing too crazy, you know, as much as you feel like sure, sharing. <laughs> yeah, a little bit uh, different background from your your previous guests are all impressive. My background, kind of a serial entrepreneur, more in the the staffing space, and then a couple of years ago, entered the the spirits e-com space because I I saw a sort of a gap in, in problems around spirit shipping. And I just got to asking people in the business, you know, a lot of questions and even, you know, buddies that, that consume a lot and kind of asking, well, why can't we do this? Why can't we ship there? And so I got the wheels turning of, well, if I can solve that, I mean, that kind of, you know, makes, makes me a player in this space pretty quickly, adds a lot of value. And so a lot of homework spent at night, kind of learning, understanding which license was most strategic, where should I get my licenses, how to really solve the shipping. And, and then got to the point where I felt pretty good about me being able to kind of open up and, and have value to customers right away. And so that was via Shared Poor about two and a half years ago, which is a national e-commerce store, sort of a specialty store, a lot of single barrel picks, bourbon whiskey, uh, kind of specific. And did well there, learned a lot, ended up selling that about nine months ago to someone else in the industry. And since then, I've been focused more, again, all that learning, continue to add licenses and fulfillment and import permits and kind of put that to D2C, where I've kind of worked with a handful of brands, a Whistle Pig, Smoke Wagon, to name a few, where I uh, helped them basically set up a D2C operation. And we handle the fulfillment and making sure the bottles kind of get to all the right places quickly. And so that's been my business. But you know, sort of underneath all that, been working on the the most recent business, which I think is kind of what brings. And we'll, us here and we'll get, we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll get to that in a second. I'm intrigued on the business side because you know when I first started buying whiskey about eight years ago, there were not a lot of online stores. So I would walk in, I would tell them who I was on Instagram, I would say, hey. I won't disclose what I paid for the bottle, but if you give me a good deal, I'll <laughs> post it on my Instagram. And in exchange, your phone will start ringing and people will start showing up at your door because they will want that stuff. And that worked. And I had a good run for about two, two and a half years, probably all the way to like 2019, you know, early, right before COVID. It was very strong. And then every store and their mother of the good ones opened up an online store. So I walk in and start using that same pitch. They're like, no, nah, dude, it's all good. We don't really need you. It's advertised <laughs> online and, and we're good. But thanks for trying today. And I'm like, oh, man, now what am I going to do? Well, that was, you know, different, different time. And, and so it is. I've made peace with that. And then when I was working with Block Bar, it was real intriguing for me talking to these major whiskey houses as, you know, they've kind of been hostage selling their whiskey. You know, they could sell, obviously, to distributors. They could sell to people who visited their distilleries. And they could sell to people, you know, to duty-free. But, like, that was it. So the DTC is – and I would have many chats with some very, very famous brands going, like, I don't get it. Like, you give your, your whiskey to the distributor for, like, 50 bucks. He gives it to the store for 70 bucks. The store's supposed to sell it for 99 99 And they sell the bottle for 2000 
why, oh, yeah. why aren't you just selling it direct to the end consumer for like 1500? And that's way better than the 50 bucks that you collected like, you know, three months ago. And you don't yeah. play any games. So it's kind of cool that the, the direct to consumer piece has taken effect. And, and there are people that are doing that right now. Um, I would imagine there's certain limitations. Did you see business-wise? Like, you know, I would imagine the distributors aren't your best friend if they know you go DTC. So yes and no. You've got, you know, not always is a DTC model being done through a direct uh, sort of relationship and a buy relationship through uh, the retailer and, you know, the end brand. Some you know, speakeasy, thirsty, number of clients, if not all, where they're following the, the three tier, it's just going distribution. Oh, that's you know. right. That's right. So they kind of still give the distributor their token money in the area. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, like whatever it is, if, if, they, if their margin is only 10%, the distributor gets their money. It's just all of the, the, the liquor stores, et cetera, don't get to like reap the benefits of those rare bottles, at it, which, which is not reaping the benefit. They have to buy a lot of insane champagne, gin, vodka, et cetera, et cetera, to get a high-end bottle. So I guess it's kind of like rounding it out. There's a key, full, full you circle. Know, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a very key permit that will, you know, come into play with, with rare pours, but it also benefits me here in the D2C world and did it shared pour where I do have the legal ability to buy direct if the brand's willing to do it. Not all brands no. go that route. Some of them, you know, will say, hey, we're naturally distributed by the same company. We don't even want to rock the boat, even though technically I'm still buying as a retailer. It's not breaking a, a law or, or their contract. They just go, eh, we, we just prefer to go distributor. And for other brands, it makes all the sense in the world where, you know, they have, they're a limited type of drop. I mean, think of uh, an old Carter or something like that, where they can only make so much and they sell it yeah. instantly. It's kind of like, hey, what, why are we going distributor? You know, it's like, you know, let's, let's look at a, a direct, you know, relationship. And, and I think besides just the extra margin, the big benefit is, the quickness and ease of dealing direct. I can literally get an email or text and go, Hey, you know, hundred cases ready for you or 500 cases ready. I've got my carrier there probably same day picking it up. And then I know exactly where it's at, you know, and there's an importer print makes it all legal, but you know, so I think there's a, there's a logistics ease. And frankly, there's much more control to the end consumer and working with the brand and going, Hey, what, what day should we release this? In what way? Who do we want to honor? Maybe the top customers here who order yeah, online yeah. in this next one, you know? No, it's definitely so. In your in your foray in that world, did you see a big zero to sixty post COVID? Like just more and more people coming online. So I entered during COVID. Okay, so, so what does that look I like? Take, take, that, yeah. take me that market in twenty twenty. You knew something was brewing. You you jumped in, yeah. but like it was like it, it moved really fast. And if I look in like some of the statistics I've seen, for example, like in the in my world of grocery like the demand was like of 20 years in the future, but the technology was only current. Like they weren't there yet, technology-wise. Yep. The demand all of a sudden during COVID was like, you know, in 20 years we expected, you know, I'm throwing a stupid number, 10 million people to be ordering groceries online. Right now we have 500,000. During COVID, it went straight to 10 million. They're like, wait, what? <laughs> like how do we, sure. the technology is not there to support it. Was it the same in the liquor world? Uh, I, I certainly think technology plays a part. I mean, this is, uh, it, it's a, this business is, is kind of insane to me. I mean, just getting to know even big players and kind of seeing how they operate to me, you know, some of it to me, I've called a bit, you know, archaic, even though all the laws and rules are, are, 
overtake. And so I think some 100%. of it is just the slowness to adapt to technology. But to me, it was more, yeah, if you could keep up and have the technology to facilitate you know, online e-commerce sales, you were primed to do pretty well as long as you had your audience, right? Just because you have a, sure. you know, a retail store and all of a sudden go, oh, online, that's interesting. Let me start my store. Well, who's going to see it besides people that are local unless you know what you're doing and then they can just come mm-hmm. buy the bottle. They're not going to pay, you know, so a lot of different things. But, but yeah, COVID certainly made it where, I mean, for most people, if you want a bottle, you had to come online. Well, 100%. And, and then you started to actually see you know, and I'm sure it's the same in that world, but in my world, it's the lifetime value of a DTC customer. Hey, this guy's been buying, you know, for six months. Hey, this guy's been buying for two years. They kind of got comfortable. And then maybe you figure out a way to sweeten the pot to them. Hey, I see you spend a lot of money with me. Same as you would have done in store, you know, like you look at all the big liquor distributors, I mean, liquor retailers, you know, they offer the guys who spend the most money, the rare bottles that they get think about it from the consumer standpoint too, having to walk in there every day, or you hope you get that call. And even for the, the retail store, maybe it gets a little bit, you know, annoying for someone to come in and then they only have so much, they don't have it that day, a little easier in e-commerce to go, Hey, listen, you guys are on my list. When you get it, I'll pop you the email. And so we're, you know, a little more convenient, I think on both sides. Oh, and I imagine, yeah. I mean, you're talking about a welcomed email, you know, like, Hey, what's new? What's <laughs> new? What's new? Oh, great. I love this. You know, it was like, I'm driving around to seven locations trying to find, you know, for example, one of these, you know, like, you know, I've stopped, I've chilled out on buying for a second because I feel like the market's dropping and I'm kind of excited to go back in. You know, this will be the third time, you know, I did it in the beginning, I did it in the middle and I'll do it now for this last eight year run. Probably it's going to be a great buying spree the next two years as you know, there is panic in the disco and it's interesting to watch, but like for one of these things, these Suntory 100th anniversaries, Hakushu's and Yamazaki's are dropping and I'm still buying them because like, they're not going to make that moment again. And they they didn't, yes, they made a lot. They made a lot more than we probably ever expected them to make, but there is a finite number and there's lots of bottles open. So people were like, Oh, I thought you weren't buying. I'm like, no, no, I buy stuff that I see future value in buying for now. No, I'm not buying anything for now. That's crap. I'd rather look like what's going to not happen now stuff. Like all the hype bottles, there's no point buying them. You know, like, the hype's going to die down. Those are, are like, in, in my mind, whiskey investments. So for you, when you saw all of this on the business side, was it kind of like an eye-opener? Because obviously you, you sound like a problem solver and, and, and a, also a little bit of a dreamer where you can kind of see the fit of what you can do. Was there, was there a couple of things that you pulled out that you saw that was missing in the current market? Sure. I mean, you know, again, for me, not not the same background as your listeners of like, hey, I've been, you know, seriously collecting for years. I've got all the expensive bottles. And so I would kind of know what came with that buying and selling. And so that was a new newer world to me. But as I was running my business, of course, like, all, you know, I'm as a retail store, I'm fighting for what sells. I've got people going, hey, do you have any of these allocated bottles? And so I'm constantly learning what's you know, what's rare, what's the rarest and how to apply it and how to get it. And then, you know, oh, wow. So these bottles I'm selling too for retail, trying to be, you know, great for consumers. It's, it's going in the secondary price over here. And so mm-hmm. and again, God bless, you know, I'm learning. Um, but I'm also yeah. asking questions. Wait a second, is that, isn't that illegal? Or like how, you know, well, you've got this, you know, the Sotheby's <laughs> auction house, but yeah, like there's this whole Facebook world of, of bourbon secondary, go check it out. And so I'm, I'm deep diving and just learning. And it's so interesting to me. And uh, and again, why can't we do this? Why can't we just sell this, you know, ourselves? And so I'm just learning and looking at all the rules and 
and understanding like why this doesn't exist in, in a legal way in the U.S. And so, I, okay, come to get it. If, if you can't sell another bottle to another person if you don't have a liquor license, okay, well, and then what if someone does have a liquor license? Can't you go sell it to the store? Well, only in about three states. And then how are you going to get it to that store if you don't have, you know, if you live in a different state because it's illegal to ship over there? And so, you know, start to understand why, you know, it was illegal, but it, it was always fascinating to me at that point to kind of look and understand where prices were. And then, you know, I deal with, like I said, a smoke wagon. I get the rare and limiteds. I'm putting them for sale for the online store to the hardcore fans. And then all of a sudden I'm seeing it go at auction at $2,000. I'm like, oh, wow, you know, that, that's super interesting. <laughs> and so, and, and every brand, you know, I started to talk to the brands about it, you know, and, and Aaron, I spoke going, hey, and, and he has his own feeling about secondary, whereas another brand, you know, sees it a different way. So it's just been, uh, it was just very cool to kind of learn and do a deep, and, all, and I didn't think I was going to have a business in that field just then, but it was just, it just so interesting. Kind of why I wanted to enter this space anyways, is just the passionate, you know, customer base. Uh, I've never been kind of involved in that, uh, but it's, it's just been fun. And so there came a point one day where literally I was, you know, at the culmination of all these licenses and permits and what I can do with them. It just kind of hit me one day and I go, wait a second. And I actually emailed my, my, you know, chief consultant. I go, am I, seeing this right way, if I have the legal ability to do this, 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 then I can open secondary. And he's like, I think so. And so I reached out to the governing bodies who have my licenses. I go, is this all correct? Am I seeing this correctly? And they responded, yes. And so from then it was, all right, uh, I'm, I'm doing this. There's a, there's a massive need. And, you know, and so it's been kind of a work in progress the past year. So how long ago did you and I, I was trying to find the email chain. We started talking well about it. <laughs> six to nine months ago. I mean, it was a significant amount of time ago. And I think at that point, it was kind of in a different format in my mind, a little more blockchain, yes. you know, related to and, and that, yep. that changed. And but yes, I think that was the, the first time reaching out, you know, I had to kind of go back to drawing board and, and came back to you once I had a kind of the full fledged idea, I think. So, so before we kind of unveil what's going on over here and, you know, talk more about it, as all of you know who are listening, as a whiskey investor, whiskey collector, I'm a buyer. I don't think I've, I mean, I very rarely sell anything, but I am a buyer. I'll trade for sure every now and again, but I'm a buyer. And there's always this moment that people ask, like, well, what are you going to do in eight years when Mason goes to college and you're going to sell it all? Like, how easy is that going to be? And I always said, man, I don't know. I really don't know. I don't know what it's going to look like in, you know, what are 20, 2030. I have no clue, but I got to believe at that point, technology would have caught up and I'm not the only guy sitting with a bunch of bottles going, how do I sell them? So when Daniel and I started talking, you know, this conversation has evolved. So Daniel, would you like to share with the listeners what the next chapter of your life is that you're, that you're almost ready to go with? Absolutely, man. Uh, so Rare Pours uh, is the name and uh, basically e-commerce, marketplace platform where we'll have a couple different formats, but essentially, you know, anyone in the U.S. can hop on and sell a bottle of spirits or wine uh, that they own. And assuming it kind of meets the, you know, the certain criteria. And I think yes. there's a certain price point, which we can get into that yep. makes the most sense, but submit it in. I don't know if they're familiar with StockX, but that's kind of the format of submit your information in. We'll have a team to look it over. All looks good. You know, it get, goes live on the site in the buy now marketplace. And if once sold, you know, we send the seller notification, we'll help them uh, handle everything legally to get it to uh, warehouses uh, in the area that's supposed to go to and then on to the buyer or the buyer can store. 
And then the, the second format is traditional auction style. And so for the bottles, that makes sense for that. You know, we'll have it to start. It'll be once a month auction, and that may grow to, to twice a month. But we'll have the, the traditional auction format as well. But, you know, for us, it's just opening this up for a scalable way, you know, to compare to the options, you know, that exist. And so in a nutshell, that's what we'll be, uh, be launching here soon. We're expected launch date would be uh, right beginning of October, mid-October for the buy now marketplace. Then our first auction will go live 30 days after that. So listeners, you can only imagine how excited I was to be part of this and to help build this with Daniel. And it's all my love languages as far as like, wait, buying and selling and marketplacing and storing, like everything I dream of as a buyer is going to be available here. And this, first of all, you know, America has a lot of whiskey collectors and a lot of them have the dilemma of like, well, how do I get rid of the bottles? Now, most of the major whiskey auction websites, you know, are across the pond. They're in Europe. Not really like, do you really want to, not that anything could happen, but do you really want to put your fine jewels in a box and send them for so many hours across the pond and hope that they land okay and everything's going to be okay? Whereas in the United States, you can just do it right here. So we've kind of been, you know, he, he, Daniel dropped another little bomb there on the StockX part, because as you know, I buy a lot of sneakers on StockX. So as we were like kind of formulating and building all of this, it's like, well, let's just take the best of everything out there, especially the best of everything out there that we actually use and what do we like and what we don't like. So once we release this platform, you're going to see a pretty insane high usability factor that and ease ease is the biggest thing like make it super easy and that's what we're going to be doing and i'm i can't wait man like this is something i've been dying to be a part of so you know when daniel and i kind of put you know got the nuts and bolts in there and figured it out like let's build this you know and then for me what's the what's what's the great side obviously i have a full marketplace if i want to move my bottles and i don't really have to worry much about it also, I can buy the bottles on the marketplace and store them and not have to bring them home and add to the 700 plus bottles that are in my house currently, you know, which is, you know, starting to get a little, little crazy. Um, and then the auction side of it, like, let's see what the market dictates to pay, you know, current auction, you never know, you know, anything, anything is worth what somebody's willing to pay for it. <laughs> there could be guidelines, but you never know on an emotional day what some buyer who really, really wants it is going to pay for it. I mean, I've seen auctions where stuff sold for way, way more than it should have because the guy that was clicking bid now versus the other guy that was bidding, they just both wanted it really bad. I like that kind of shit. This is exciting. And we're, and we're, and we're going to have a lot of fun because like, they're really, if you're trying to move your bottle in the United States, there are not a lot of options. They just aren't. And a lot of the technology is kind of like old school. I mean, you think I'm kidding? People used to sell whiskey on Craigslist. Like, no problem when I first started buying. People still sell shit on eBay. Mind blown, because you don't even know what you're getting. So we're going to provide all of this, like, I don't want to say a weird word, security blanket and wrap it all over and give you the most concierge-like white glove experience when you choose to work with us and have a lot of fun, of course. Absolutely, that's pretty, much, and, you know, <laughs> that's pretty much it, right? No, it, it, <laughs> yeah. It, it, 
and from Iowa, absolutely. And then there's, you know, there's so many there nuances. Like you said, I mean, you're, you have your angle where, you know, you've historically been, you know, buyer only, um, you know, okay, great. You know, if, if that is someone, Hey, we're going to have, you know, if you can think about now we're opening this up in scalability, that means the amount of bottles and different bottles that are now accessible to you to come in and buy, uh, whether well, you're doing well, like, it for good. And, and the marketplace though, Daniel, like the trade up part, like, if you think like there was one deal where a dear friend of mine in Los Angeles flew to Colorado with a bottle of Mictus 20, a Yamazaki 18, a Hibiki 17, and one other thing, and flew back for me with a Mictus celebration. I could do that all in the marketplace now. Nobody had to go on a plane. Nobody had to risk the bag getting bounced around or anything like that. Like that's the excitement. Because I think the marketplace is also going to be a hub. I mean, auctions are auctions. I love auctions. You know, <laughs> auctions have been, been around for hundreds of years. I love that shit. Emotional, you know, limited, go, it's over. You know, there's a finite timeline. It's on for X amount of time and that's it. But the marketplace could really have a lot of buzz because, you know, first of all, we're going to be real clear that all the buyers and sellers are really scrubbed and accredited, you know, like just super clean customer base. And the marketplace could really start to have a lot of fun, especially with the storage aspect of it. So all different things well, that we can apply at some point. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, the, the auction format will is very important for us to be a staple. You want to know, and there are certain bottles that make the most sense where, hey, you don't want to put a price tag on it. Let's just see what the market brings. Yeah. And then the buy now marketplace, though, there, there's a wide range of bottles where it just doesn't make sense to go auction you know we're splitting hairs over it could go for 200 versus 198 at auction when you have to wait a month and a half for it to go in and, and wait for your money but they don't buy now marketplace you know and, and you could be have it sold and, and have your money you know within a couple of days and so you know some of it will be dictated by the the person who comes and submits and the way they want to go Others will be dictated a little bit by if it's a certain type of bottle, you know, we'll say, hey, that, that's best for a marketplace um, and we'll have some variety there depending. But um, but yeah, it was important for us to to have, you know, the different formats. And then as we get going to, there'll be a whole uh, private sales kind of format as well. But we're excited to, you know, to get it going. And, and you know, that is, like you said, that's my background is literally like, hey, I don't, I don't want to do any business if I don't feel like I'm solving something for people and, and bringing value. And so, you know, what I think I'm I'm pretty good at is just, getting to know the people that this will make the most sense for and just going, Hey, what do you, what do you like? What do you don't like? You know, let's, let's, let's solve this. And so uh, you've been great for that and, and some others as well. And, and frankly, we'll, we'll learn a whole lot too. Once we have the users come in and they kind of tell us, but I'm here to continue to uh, improve uh, the platform. You know, we think it's going to be pretty great to start, but we're, we're here to, to, you know, be around for a while and improve it as well. Can't wait, dude. Seriously. This is like, this is now getting really exciting um, because we're so close. And to show, and, oh, and like you said, fun. like, learn, like, learn, you know, like I look at it like, you know, like a restaurant, we'll do a soft opening and kind of fine tune it. And then we go, you know, and it's such a huge market and it's such a huge um, user base that's kind of just sitting around going like, man, like, shit, how, how do I get rid of this bottle? You know, like the reason why I'm not buying and the reason why I'm watching my investments right now, because I believe like we're only in the second part of the drop. You know, the first part of the drop is when people kind of just don't feel comfortable because the prices are like in a bubble, as they call it. So they're like, hey, this is the top I'm going to sell. And then the next level is normally like the people who are like, oh, shit, I can't believe I didn't sell. Damn it. Look how much they got. And I'm losing money. 
I'm not that emotionally attached to it. Fine, I'm out. The third are the ones that have to sell. They're like, shit, dude, hey, this is not worth anything. I owe a ton of money. I need cash. That's the part that I'm excited for. And that's the kind of people I think first round, we're going to get, a. it hasn't, that leg hasn't dropped yet. So I think we're going to get someone in the middle from like, oh shit, I might as well get out now because it seems like it's dropping to the ones like, oh shit, I have to get out now. And we're going to have a marketplace and an auction for them to have that ability to move it and not have to like, you know, not have to, I want to break the law is a very big angle to say, because you know, who can, what it is what it is, but like actually give them a place to go do it. Be the solution in your words, be the solution. And I think again, no matter, you know, which way you're looking at it, it's, you know, let, let's say you, you have been doing it that way again, God bless. Okay. Well, what does that come with? You know, did you, do you feel like you've got a hundred percent of what you could have in that format, a Facebook format? And then, you know, what else do you have to deal with trying to, you know, get it shipped or get it sent to this person they didn't really know, and it may break and then it's not insured. And uh, I hope they pay me. And so, you know, even if you're okay doing it in that way, I think, you know, we're, we're offering a valuable solution to that person as well. And then there's a few of others who, you know, haven't tried to, you know, go through a Facebook and sell that would like to, and, and others that have done the auction and paid 30%. And, you know, um, you know, I think we can certainly have a value prop there to compare. Listen, I know we're going to have a lot of fun. I know we're going to see a lot of cool spirits come through, come through it. Um, and I'm excited. I'm super excited. I think we've told enough for what we can tell. The next will be the unveiling. Um, I do have one last question and I have to ask that. And I know you're not a big as well, not as big as I am as far as a whiskey enthusiast, but since you've been working in the business, has there been a whiskey experience that you like caught yourself looking at yourself going like, Oh shit, I can't believe I'm doing this barrel pick that I was able to do with one of my partners from shared pour with Buffalo trace and, and being on site and, uh, just getting to experience that and that history and learning and, and kind of getting to enjoy it with them. Uh, I just thought that was, that was a blast and kind of just, again, kind of made me, you know, sit there and go, yeah, this is, this is why I do it and get to see kind of the passion between the people uh, mm-hmm. giving us the samples and showing us around and also the people that I was enjoying it with. And, um, and so, yeah, I would say that one sticks out first. What was the pick? Do you remember? I'm sure you did. Well, we, the one we had actually got was a 1792. We won it through the auction okay. uh, on the Buffalo Trace website, which is hard enough to get any barrel picks, but the 1792 <laughs> yeah. was the one that we got. And so for us, we, we took it and, uh, you know, I'm sure we, the Eagle Raiders and the Willers, I'm sure would have uh, been <laughs> our first choice, man, but we'll, we'll take what we could get with Buffalo Trace. Hey, with rare pours, like we discussed, we're probably going to get some fun barrel picks on there as well for the community that's going to start to form around it. Oh, uh, yeah, that's, well, that's a whole other thing, man, but yeah. Well, folks, you know, without whiskey passion, there's also got to be whiskey business. And today's episode was very whiskey business. So I'm super excited for this new chapter in my evolution as Rolex Whiskey, as an investor, as a businessman, as a guy who has, I think, his finger on the pulse pretty good. And, you know, Daniel's created something absolutely phenomenal, and I'm excited to be a part of it and build it and be a resource and bring people in there and help them at the end of the day, buy, sell, hold, you know, we're going to, we're going to provide that insight to you. So we will get the, everything will be launched shortly. I'll get more information up for everybody. It's going to come we're going to come out real fast and real hard. And most importantly, have fun doing that. And I can't thank everyone for listening. Huge favor. If you're listening, do me a favor, 
give the podcast a rating. Um, I would love that. We've started to start to get some really good stats coming in. A lot of people listening. And I want to kind of continue this momentum. And I can't thank you enough for listening. And Daniel, dude, let's do this, baby. We're going to have some fun. Absolutely, man. I appreciate you having me on. Can't wait to get it started and bring this thing to market. We did. All right, guys, I appreciate everyone. Until next time, that's a wrap.